Yo, 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 hey man, we got a great show for you today. Look, we're going to be talking about Pan Am Games, USA Rugby absolutely killing it at the Pan Am Games. Of course, we want to also talk a little bit, England winning the WXB tournament. And then, of course, yo, it's a light day this week. It's a light one post-Rugby World Cup. We got Squid Rugby, World Rugby in beef once again. Y'all, we have a great-ass show for you today. I'm excited for it. I hope you guys are excited. But before we even get started, man, let's hit that intro. I think the minute I stepped on our practice field for rugby, the calling happened. But an eight-year plan to be on the team. And I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro. Right. And I walk around with a rugby ball sometimes and they're like, what is this child on? It looks like it was a heavy. Yeah. It's up. It's not up. You know, that's the first time I played like professional. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And there's two Scottish guys and I said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. That rugby is a game for all shapes and sizes, all cultural um, aspects. And he looked at me and he says, you guys are awesome. Man, yo, we got a great show. Welcome to Rugby Swag. My name is Gift Gift Time at Bailu. Of course, this is a show where we talk to people about the things that they've done, created, taken advantage of in rugby. And of course, we got to talk about what's been going on in rugby on a regular, regular day basis. But before we get started with it, of course, of course, I need you guys to know if you guys are enjoying this. Definitely, definitely, please, please try and like and subscribe to the show. And more importantly, yo, go tell your friends. If you guys don't know, you can find us around the internet at Rugby Swag Show on Instagram, at Gift A Bailu on X, at Gift Time Rugby on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Man, we need to let your friends know. And look, you know, not everybody is like set to be able to watch or to be able to do this. Of course, we want you guys to be involved in it so you can engage with us at the highest moment and points. But if you don't, definitely check out the podcast and take a look at it at Spotify. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartMedia, and so many more podcast stations because you know what that's what we're about all right we are about trying to be in the place where people are so we can be able to learn more about the game do a better job in being able to grow the game be a better job in being able to be entertaining with the game but most importantly no let's just have some fun about the shenanigans that go on within this community and this sport because yo shenanigans and love are what make family am i right am i right I think I'm right. I, I I believe I'm right. You know, so, yo, before we get started, yo, all right, we got to hit it up with the ads. But, but stay tuned because, man, I'm, I'm ready to jump into this right out the bat. Be right back. Yo, I'm going to let you get right back to it. But I want to talk to you about one of my favorite brands that are out there right now. Actually, I'm going to show you right quick. This is ketogenic coconut bread mix. This is a specialty flour blend that allows me to be able to eat almost whatever cakes that I want. Now, coconut is not typically one of my favorite flavors, but this has absolutely killed. And it's not just because it has great taste, not because it's just easy to make, but it's because it is absolutely not going to destroy my stomach. It is gluten-free, but not nasty. Uh, this is something that has been going on, and this a company, Health Enhanced Food, has so many other options to be able to do and provide and customize to the needs that I wanted to. And this is something that I think we all know, especially in this world, it's hard to eat grain flour nowadays. 
it's not good. It's destroying the stomach. People are getting new and new diseases, and you need to have some new alternatives. So I suggest definitely go check out Health Enhanced Foods. See what kind of bread you can make. And no, it takes 20 minutes to be able to make something from it. They have a slew of options, and they are well knowledgeable in the ingredients. Everything is transparent. Everything is made in the U.S. and then some. So in the meantime, if you guys could support the show and go to Health Enhanced Food, and you can use coupon code Rugby Swag to be able to get ten percent off your first purchase order. That's Rugby Swag, and you guys can go ahead and get your bread journey going on today. That's just your cakes, your pies, your bread, and of course, with Thanksgiving and Christmas coming around, you're gonna need it. HealthEnhancedFoods.com. Let's get back to it. Yo, I love it, man. And look, let's get it kicked off, man. We got our first, first, first talk of the day. Let's talk Pan Am games. Look, you know, I'm not I'm not going to do the scores without hitting that music. Let's go. Let's go with it. We had a great one up for this week. Pan Am games were the ones to get to watch. This is, if you guys don't know, this is the uh, every four years, every five year tournament that involves all of the Americas, North America, South America, coming together to be able to play the game, happening in Chicago, Chile this year. And hey, man, this is one that's for all the marbles in the Americas. I, I call it the top mad, crazy, dumb match, as it's for necessary. And uh, uh, needless to say, uh, we came out with this one. Uh, let's, let's, right off the bat, man, big shout out to USA Women, absolutely killing it. You know what? Let's, let's, we got to do this the right way. We got to do this the right way, all right? Let, let, let's actually celebrate the way that it is meant to be celebrated. Wait, hold on. Dad got me. Dad got me. O mais inteligente dos híbridos. Eu vou agora de They don't want us to be great. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Yo, USA women doing it. Let's go. Let's go. What? 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 What do we do? No matter what, USA women be doing it, and they stay there, and they say yeah. First goal, and they say the rugby champion. That's what it's about. Yo, look, that is how we got it done. USA women taking the gold. First gold in rugby sevens for the USA in any of the Pan Am games. 72 years of history that went down. We had a great show out. And this is a team that is ready for the Olympics. All right? A team that has got synchronization. This is a team that's out here doing it like they're supposed to mean it. And you have to love that, you know, had. Just, man, this this is a dream team right here. Look, this team 
you know, ended up took absolutely dominating the competition, allowed only 12 points. And this is a team that each of the last three, two Pan Am games has been unable to get past the silver round, losing to Canada each and every time. Yo, we told our neighbors up north. We said, hey, we're not playing this game anymore, all right? USA women absolutely destroying Jamaica, Colombia, Paraguay, Brazil. Shout out to my Brazilians. And then coming in in the end in a great game against uh, Canada to win it 19-12. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be like, yo, where was the game at? And it was on like a Pan Am app or something like that. Like it's it's kind of a whack kind of thing. I'm not going to lie to you. I think this was that was probably a miss misnomer and apparently it even had issues but luckily the games are available on youtube uh as per necessary uh there is just one thing that i definitely know whenever i was watching this game on youtube definitely watching the finals because it's the only one that was really worth paying attention to was this one weird play that happened in the beginning that gave canada its first score like i, I gotta show this one and it was it was just it was odd it was just super 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 odd all right, hold on. Let's let's get this thing up. All right, check this out, y'all. All right, so. Canada, for those that can't see it, coming off of uh, a line-out, and they go into a rolling, a moving mall, and the USA women are just backing up, backing up, backing up, and basically just gave up, like, 20 meters, 30 meters of play before they made an attack on it for Canada to take it off the edge and basically get their first score of the day. It was... Seriously, the weirdest play I've ever seen in terms of a, a competition. Because it was like, what, 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 what's going on right now? What, what are we doing right here? And apparently the explanation for it, and you guys can, like I said, you can check it out on either whenever you look at the game, if you get you look at the podcast back, or, you know, whenever you get a chance to uh, look it up online. But apparently what it was is that the USA women were providing the space for the mall because... Uh, according to the explanation the commentator gave, they would have had an opportunity to actually not have to set the line uh, of offsides and could have come from the side uh, to take out the the scrum half because technically the ball would have been in play by this standard. But unfortunately, it seems like they remembered the rule of giving space to be able to provide to go make the attack from the side, but they forgot to go attack from the side. Like, I'm going to show it. Like one more time, just to be able to, 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 you know, show the impact of what was happening. Super weird. Like you saw this, they gave up all the spacing, all the spacing, just yo, mini flubs, man. It's mini flubs like that. Obviously, we got to watch out for that. Weirdest, weirdest freaking thing ever.
absolutely weirdest freaking uh, outcome you could ask for on that. Um, at, but whatever it was, hey, it gave us, a, we at least were able to recover, able to end up getting to win, ended up being kind of a boat race, to be honest with you. But it was good. Yo, USA 7s. Uh, man, look, we got the roster. All right. We finally got the roster that's set. I, I, I know we've each of the last uh, several Olymp two Olympics, you know, it has been a little bit of an underwhelming, especially last Olympics when Great Britain was just absolutely gutting us. But this team, is something special. Obviously, we got the great leaders, the Cheddar Embers, uh, uh, the 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 Ilona, Ilona Mars, Nicole Haverly. Like we got a set team. Nia Tapper captaining again. Um, but I think what we've seen, especially with the HSBC sevens, has been the increase of players like Nicole Sullivan who I remember in 2019 absolutely killing it for Army, to see her now over the last three years absolutely gutting. And in this tournament, in this tournament, she was the top try scorer for, the, uh, for USA. And this is a USA team that just was loaded on tries, absolutely loaded on tries. But the mixture at wing of Kate Sullivan and Nia Tapper – Man, if we get Chris Thomas back after injuries, like that is a backfield, a, a wing backfield with the substitution that absolutely will not be stopped. And I think it's the first time that we've had a completely dynamic set of uh, players that can actually break it away over the long haul with it because this women's team has absolutely trained themselves in Ariana Ramsey, absolutely. And then, of course, newbie Alexandria uh, Cedric really coming in on their own, coming in on their own. And that speed that I don't think we will have seen as collective speed in that as we saw since the 2017 uh, Rugby World Cup. What we'll see for the Olympics, I think, is going to be something that we can uh, really take home with us. So this women's team, even though it's South, South America might not be the strongest um, area, but you need to be able to win at home first if you're not to be able to make sure that you win whenever it comes to being on the road. And when we get to Paris, that's going to be basically a home game for Great Britain, for France, um, and just really the, the European teams that are going to be killing it out there. Now, unfortunately, it wasn't all, you know, rainbows across the board. Uh, for the men's side, a slightly less uh, impressive outcome for them. Uh, the men would end up coming in fourth in the Pan Am, uh, missing the medal rounds for the first time on a complete flip on the other side of it. Um, you know, the men actually ran through their schedule pretty well. But, man, when I tell you that Chile is now our true problem, all right? Remember when it used to just be like Argentina, we never really played them because they were just so D1. They were so tier one. It just wasn't in our schedules. But we'd have like Chile. We'd have Mexico, Uruguay. Like these are the teams that, would give us trouble. Brazil, to some extent, would give us a little bit of trouble. But, you know, ultimately, we would beat them. It's not that. It was one thing to lose in 15s, but in 7s, man, it hurts different, right? And we ended up losing to Chile, you know, 15 to 12 in the semifinals, uh, knocking us into the third round phase, and then losing in the second, in the rematch against Canada to fall in fourth place. So Argentina, Chile, and... uh Canada would end up getting meddled into Pan Am Games, USA men falling out of it. Now, before 
I get super critical about them. I will say that this was definitely a new team. All right. This is not the seventh team that we've had at older, even some of the ones that we've seen in training along the way. This is like a whole new set of guys that we have available to us. And I, I think this Pan Am was much more of a tester than it was a actual trying to hopefully get a showing from it. Um, I, I, I will say that, again, it, it still sucks because as a U.S. person, you expect to at least be a top three. And it's not like Canadian uh, sevens has been improving significantly. Like they've been probably on a bigger downfall than we have in the U.S. Uh, at their international stage. But for the U.S., man, like it just, yo, it wasn't it wasn't killing for us. But again, these are young guys, a whole new fresh team trying to take them in. I do feel like it's a little close, obviously, because the Olympics are just around the corner. But, of course, we still got HSBC 7s and everything like that to still go through. So we're going to see what they can do. And this clearly this whole season is about to be a testing ground for the Olympics again because we're missing guys, Perry Bakers. We're missing the uh, uh, Ryan Matias's, obviously. Danny Barrett, obviously, is retired. But we're missing a lot of some of the, the key guys that has been uh, staples within, like David Stills, uh, even though I think he might now be playing football. But, you know, those key guys that would have been primary people for the seven for this uh, i think they're resting getting them ready for hsb kicking off in december so uh I, i'm not gonna be harsh on it it just it, it wasn't a great look but you know solid um you know we had at least four players that were on the um on the high scores list uh nick hardick uh, the second uh off of four tries vpita four tries and then uh our guys, uh, John Wendell and Daryl Williams, being able to do some stuff. So, again, you know, they did run through their schedule uh, up until running until the buzzsaw of Chile and then ultimately losing the rematch of Canada. So, you know, it is what it is as it goes. It is what it is. Of course, I want to hear you guys' opinion. If you guys are paying attention on the live, definitely hit us in the comments. We can have the conversation. I love having the conversation. And of course, if you don't, definitely hit it up on the description in the YouTube video or send a message over on Rugby Swag to be able to talk a little bit or talk in the comments on Facebook. All of it works perfect for me. And of course, we're up on Twitch as well. I always keep forgetting to add Twitch into the mix, but we're up on Twitch as well. But I don't want to get out of this Pan Am conversation uh, without talking about oh my 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 new country all right because I am a permanent resident here as of now uh, of Brazil Brazil finishing uh, sixth in men's and third overall in women's speaks volumes to the speed of the sport uh, you know we're going to talk a little bit about world rugby and their attempts to hinder growth but like Augustine P Shot had really spoken it on the fact that. Brazil is a growing rugby nation. I know some of the guys that I uh, associated with from Curitiba Rugby that uh, is the, the squad I'm trying to be able to play for more and more, uh, time just permitting, but had a couple guys who played with the U-20s and have been able to have some of the girls, the women out there being able to play for the women's side. And coming out third in the continents is impressive. Um, USA, Canada, and then uh, Brazil – ended up which they got third beating Colombia but yo like this is where you start to see that effort like make the effort to grow the game the way it needs to be grown like you grow the game the way it needs to be grown so give that shout out obviously to my people got to put it out there and then 
Yo, again, shout out to the friends of the show, all right? Yo, Cheddar Amber, if you guys want to check her out, episode 12, great convo. Naya Tapra, obviously, the captain, doing it big. Check her out, episode two, if you want to hear her. Uh, big shout out to Jen Salomon with uh, Mexico, out there representing both for PR7s and for Mexico, killing it. And you can check out her episode, episode 58. And then for Canada Charity Williams uh, for episode 10, Obviously, all impact players, you know, we do it big over here, all right? We do it, we do it big. But, yo, I love the fact that we're able to have that representation. They were able to show out and, of course, get ready for that next step when it gets ready for HSBC 7s coming up in December, all right? So, hey, we're, we're, we're starting off hot. We're starting off hot. Next up, I want to get into the conversation of... WXV1, man. England took it all, ending up winning this game uh, 33 to 12 when it was all said and done. And I said to people last week, whenever this game was going on, and I talked about it a little bit on Rugby Odds on the Rugby Wrap Up Show. Shout out to Matt uh, McCarthy and John, uh, John Layfield, uh, John the Champ Layfield. Um, like, this is a matchup that is becoming probably the primary rivalry in women's rugby right now. Uh, it's you England versus New Zealand. This is the third major competition that they have faced off against each other. Back-to-back -back Rugby World Cups and, of course, now this WXV tournament. Um, this one, I, I did actually think that it would end up being a closer game simply because of the fact that I really assumed that England was going to come out on this one. Uh, I, I thought New Zealand would come out on this one. And again, show like they've been showing basically every major competition, even though the statistics say that it's been a 3-3 split over the course of the last uh, six years. But I don't think we really count the games that are have not been the major ones like you. The, the, the test matches in between the friendlies, that's neither here nor there simply because they don't count for anything. But whenever it's mattered most, New Zealand has taken it over the top. But this England team. I said it last week, they're thick, and that thickness plays a huge factor into them, and they absolutely were showing out in this one. Uh, the impact of the Premiership League uh, definitely uh, helps them in a huge way because those women were experienced. They knew what they were doing. I mean, you know what? I I'm not even just going to talk about it, man. I, I got I to gotta show, what, what, show out the highlights for this one because, again, this was an actual interesting one. I'm not going to do the full ones because it's kind of – From Alex Matthews, superb control, and they overfill and back handling. Matthews packs, goes, scored the try. Brilliant from Alex Matthews, superb control, and they open the scoring for England through Matthews. Like. The forwards it's for England are nuts, all right? Well. Absolutely nuts. Now it's charging forward. Over the line, they crash, try, scored. And then they start moving, driving forward, almost unstoppable. And it's Laka Ekin Savers. Like, I think that these England again, women came in with a chip on their shoulders, the knowing that they've lost so much in these big matches. Centimeters short, are coming again. New Zealand camped on this line. 
bodies underneath it once more. England will dig it out again. They keep plugging away to the right. Hunt Burn, too easy. Because Burn was lined up nice and early. She saw it. She screamed for that ball from Natasha Hunt. Young midfielder, Aitchison, rolls a little kick for Kildun. What a pick up. Now this chick, Ellie Kildun, this woman here, I think... Even though she didn't make the scores, this woman is a star in the making. And I'm going to talk a little bit about her a little bit later on. But I think it's something to be to be mentioned. All right. Man, I think we got enough of this. So to be said, like this, this, this matchup, this, this England versus New Zealand matchup, I think is everything. Now, New Zealand was missing, you know, Portia Woodman, um, Portia Woodman, Wick, Wickle, Wick, Wickley, Wick, Wickley. Uh, my bad. Uh, Portia Wickliffe, Portia Woodman, Wickliffe were missing. You know some of the heavy hitters. That's one of the primary ones that were with New Zealand that typically are the breakers. So I do feel like this was also kind of like a newer team. And again, I think they're resting a lot of players, getting ready for HSBC, getting ready for the Olympics. But it was still an impressive outing for this 15 side, for the New Zealand side. Now, I talked about like Ellie uh, Kildun. Now, Ellie Kildun is a 15. She's been playing at least since 2017 uh, for the national side. But she's been an impact in this, in this competition uh, as a 15. The style of play that she has has been incredibly fast, That's very quick, very long-legged. I do feel like she has all the elements that look like a, a young player, and she's only 24. She's literally, like, she started so young, started so young. Apparently, it has been playing since she was a kid, played with the boys when she was a kid, and then distributed up, but... She has all the makings of a breaking player. Like, I think her rugby IQ is just getting better. Uh, now she's playing for the Harlequins uh, for premiership. But that player, that that player right there, that player right there, watch her over the course of the next five years. And I think we need to be particularly careful of her when it comes to um, the Olympics for tomorrow because she does sevens as well. Uh, for tomorrow, for next year, because she does sevens as well. And look for her in Rugby World Cup, because she also did it during Rugby World Cup 2020, uh, 2021, 2022 uh, as well. So this one, yo, this this is one to be able to watch for. So that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say about it. All right, y'all. Let me uh, let me go pay some bills. All right. And we're going to be right back at the top with one of our top news when this goes. Does world rugby actually want to play, raise, grow the game, or do they just simply want to keep the status quo as always? I know it's a conversation we have all the time, but it has to be said, asked again because you have questions. We'll talk about it more when we get back, man. Hey, everybody, this is just the break train sending out a personal little video diary to all you people out there where I am going to document me riding most of the way. Between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. I needed help, and it came from Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is an extroverted tour de force. But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. 
off the KL, Kuala Lumpur. Gift, where are we? We're in Fuji, baby! Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, center! Yeah! Rugby is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. Valkyries, the mighty, mighty Valkyries! We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, Friends, family, sometimes complete strangers come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come. Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Watch the full adventure at crugby.vhx.tv. That's C like S-E-E rugby.vhx.tv. Oh, welcome back, y'all. Uh, you know, I, before we get on to the next subject, uh, obviously, you know, I, I, I like to keep these things positive. I think we do a lot of smack talking of um, of world rugby and deservedly so. And uh, I'm not about to let loose at this moment, but I do like to say I like to keep it positive. We had some great news, but this one actually kind of pisses me off in a different way because it's like you're just not learning your lessons. So uh, I know a lot of you guys know we had uh, – there's a guy named Squidge Rugby, all right? You, he's a YouTuber uh, who does rugby breakdowns of games. And this guy does detailed, very funny, very humorous, but detailed breakdowns of rugby games. And he did one of how, how uh, South Africa won the 2023 Rugby World Cup Finals, all right? And when he got it out, he it was supposed to be a great one. He did one like this back in 2019, which is when he really started getting his rise initially. And even World Rugby had put a block on it for then. Uh, and this time, it's almost like history repeating again. And they got um, copyright claimed by World Rugby and shut down. And the question has to be asked, does World Rugby actually want rugby to win? Because this has been too much. We talked about this even before early in the season with uh, Wayne Barnes, which highlighted by Wayne Barnes, but it was also seen multiple times over um, with them shutting down um, videos that have their content in it. And, uh, you know, kind of looking at what uh, Squidge did. And, of course, you know, Squidge is also a friend of the show. You guys can check him out, episode 52. Not the greatest sound, but we got some great information out of it nonetheless. But Squid Rugby said on X, after just a few hours up, the video has been taken down manually by an employee of World Rugby and copyright stricken, given uh, copyright strike given to the channel. Some 60 plus hours of work went into one video. So rest assured, we shall try our utmost to get it restored. But this is not in our hands. And this is something that has been a consistency with World Rugby. The irony of this being that Rugby World Cup is obviously the number one funder for World Rugby. That is their basically their fundraiser for the entire uh, four-quarter, four-year stretch of what they, they look to be able to have. And they've consistently done this each year. I talked a little bit about this on, um, on Eagles Overseas and, uh, um, and, and uh, um, my boy John, uh, John's 
pod, uh, no, X Live, uh, about the issues that come with uh, media rights. You know, when it goes to this, um, and 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 it's it's something that again, it would have made sense whenever it was in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Whenever the internet and more so social media was in its early stages, uh, distribution was just getting up. I mean, you know, 2012 is whenever Instagram came into appearance. So, um, like, you know, I get whenever those contracts were structured. But it feels like World Rugby is consistently having this, like, uh, I hate always sliding, but, you know, we won't call it what it is. This John, uh, Ronald Reagan, John Biden, Joe Biden-esque kind of uh, view of the world where everything is just like chaotic and it just feels like it's going through dementia as it's returning back to old things or just not reacting well because demonetization or copyright striking on what would be one free advertising and number two is something that you need in this era to be able to gain virality in audiences that are not yours you know um, we saw that with highlights from the Rugby World Cup, and apparently, according to Squidgy, uh, Squidge Rugby, uh, he is not, uh, he also didn't really actually put any major clips of the game. I have probably a few, but even still, clips of the game inside of it. Um, he, he claims it wasn't a ripoff of any of it. it as he said, like, uh, it was said the game was taken, the uh, video was taken down. He said it wasn't a ripoff on any of their content, and the tournament isn't on anymore. We're not in any broadcasters away, and yet, once again, World Rugby breaks it down. Now, Squidge Rugby, also known Robbie Owens, if you if you guys don't know, has been doing a phenomenal job. He's arguably probably one of the biggest independent uh, rugby uh, content creators in the world right now. Um, in terms of consistency of video, I think in terms of an influencer, Ilyona Mar definitely takes the cake as number one with like 1.1 million TikTok followers. Um, but Squidge has probably had the most views in terms of an individual non-major uh, corporate entity um, uh, uh, in, in for the over probably the last six years, easily. Six years, easily. So for World Rugby, who they had this issue in 2019, had the discussion in 2019, allowed it him to finally be able to promote their rugby world cup and be able to do these breakdown videos the way it needs to be like it, 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 it makes no sense for it to return. And there's going to be some people that would make the argument that, Oh, you know, it's the broadcasters, you know, the, you pay money for the games. They should have the footage and be able to do what they want. Well, that would make sense if it wasn't also in the benefactor of the broadcasters themselves to be able to have these games promoted online in their respective ways. Now, if this was like streaming the full game itself, then yeah, you have an argument for it, but it's not. This is a situation where you have a old team, an old program utilizing old contracts in a way that actually limits the growth of the game, but more importantly, limits the financial possibilities of the game itself so out here while they're they took a little bit of time to sprinkle some stuff on tiktok for a second to be like okay let's let's do that obviously with the women's six nation being the uh main sponsor uh tiktok being the main sponsor for the women's six nation you know they sprinkled a little bit on there but 
they're missing the bigger picture when it comes to how you create memes, how you create virality, how you create conversation is whenever you have these kind of entities. And Squidge is just a, another example of a big one. Now, I'm almost certain that probably in the next few days, World Rugby is going to come to their senses and they're going to lift the copyright claim and allow the video to be shown. But the problem is their system is going to consistently keep running into this over and over and over again. And I don't think they continue to, I don't think the, I don't either, they don't know or they don't care uh, about how that's actually impacting everything. And even with the initial highlight rights, and I remember dealing with this back in 2019 and even dealing with it on a slightly smaller scale uh, for some USA games back in 2017, when we, I think it was Argentina versus USA in 2017, and we had shots of the game, and we ended up putting a highlight out first. But it wasn't like a highlight highlight. It was just like clips of the game, but there was nothing behind it. It wasn't shown scores. It was just running plays, and they got super, 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 super pissed off at, at us. But, you know, it, they didn't lose anything. Like, they didn't lose any more money. The main highlight still came out did better than what we had. But it was just like, yo, you guys don't, you know, at the time I can slightly – accepted because of media distribution deals but after 2019 and definitely after 2020 no no and i know probably these contracts for like sky for nbc peacock for nbc comcast at the time now going on to peacock when they made this initial deal uh what nbc bought the rights to the rugby world cups in i want to say 2000 and 2009 2009 or 2011 one of those and i can see that those contract rights are probably still in place and maybe at some maybe this is world rugby's fear of like having a nullification of the money that they need to make from the distribution deal but i can probably say with great confidence that peacock probably does not give a damn about whether or not clips of the games are shown because one, you know, the audience locally on their TV channels are probably not super viewing the Rugby World Cup because everything's on Peacock. So, you know, in this day and age, that's not going to hit anything. And then on the other side of it, it's like uh, Peacock, NBC Peacock, no, especially in this age where cable is now dropped, they need to have new distribution sources so they can actually ramp up ad revenue uh, for uh, hopefully interested viewers coming to the main platform to be able to check stuff out. And the other addition is to be able to access the new generation of kids when they made these initial contracts, which I think goes through at least 2031 for the U S with NBC Peacock or 2035, something like that. Like you didn't have, um, you know, TikTok at its highest. Uh, definitely. Like I said, uh, Instagram was definitely just a photo app at that point. Twitter was just starting and was still called Twitter. Um, you know, Facebook was the primary element, and that was just newly being revamped into uh, everybody. It was only maybe like two to four years that everybody was able to use it and not just college students. So nobody was taking the social media as an aspect. But post-2016 and definitely 2020, new game. So I mean, if World Rugby is that afraid of uh, negating their own contract, yo, they need to go back to the table and at least reintegrate that uh, so that 
social media clips are not something that they have to keep watching on out of fear that they're not going to make distributor money off of it. Um, and, and ironically, if you don't feel like you have enough leverage to be able to do distribution deals, you probably need to get more viewership and awareness on social media so that your viewership, uh, uh, your viewership reach can actually be perceptively higher than it is at this point in time, because definitely into 2017 for the women's rugby world cup, they clearly don't give a damn. They, they clearly don't give a damn about the breakdowns. And I don't know if that's both an, an insult or that's a, you know, a benefit, but they will allow those rugby, uh, the women's rugby world cup to fly all over. And honestly, it's been better for the women's rugby world cup because you actually get to see the games. If you don't have access to the distributor itself, but, World Rugby just, yo, you're messing up on this one. You're messing up so hard on this one. Uh, and I think that it, it once again, it, it's financially crippling the game, financially crippling World Rugby, and ultimately fi- cripples the reach levels of these teams. Um, you know, you have this amazing game, this amazing outcome, and do it. And you have people who are promoting you for free that are now being hindered, and it doesn't incentivize more people to want to create content that would assist in your respective games. And now what you're doing now is getting locked up in the cause that you have to, uh, what do you call it? Make more games out of nowhere to be able to create more product so that there is more uh, things that you can sell so you can make your money back. <laughs> like you working so hard for nothing, for nothing. So that's my thoughts on all of this. Uh, let me know what you guys think, yo. If you guys have any opinions on it, do you feel? I mean, I think a lot of us already have the the assumption that this is really, really, really stupid for the game. Like it's it's genuinely very, very stupid. But I want to know what your thoughts are in how you feel like you rugby uh, world rugby should solve this element as well. Because if they're going to consistently do this over and over again. You know, it, they're going to put themselves into a lot. How do you feel like they can uh, get out of this wave a little bit more and and make sure that they are absolutely, um, you know, doing the right thing for their audience, for their partners, but more importantly, for a new generation? Um, I remember, and before I let it go, I remember somebody on X actually put it up where in England, actually, that amongst Gen Zs, which, you know, obviously they've they've come into their own, so now we have to care uh, even more about them. Um, but amongst Gen Zs, rugby moved, rugby union moved from a top four sport um, for people ages 18 to 21, uh, ages 16 to like 21, um, to now becoming a not even top 20 sport for Gen Z's in England, where the RFU is, who needs more rotation of fans, whose premiership rugby is going down because they don't have enough money to support the teams based off a salary cap, not making enough of the revenue. And obviously, if you're losing your a generation of an audience that's not even playing, rugby league, mind you, is still up there. It's, I think, like number 17 dropping down from six, but it's still on the top 20 list. But rugby union completely being out 
The RFU is looking for an opportunity to try and become Australia over the course of the next 10 years if they're not careful with what they're doing. And that goes on world rugby and small things like that amongst so many others. The absolute lack of wanting to do it. And again, you know, I hate slating my own president. Well, president. I don't mind slating Ronald Reagan. But, yo, this is some dementia-ish. All right? This is some backwards, old school, in the worst version of it, backward stuff. And you will not just kill the game, but you're going to kill at least the potential for it to be able to, to develop from the men's side. From the women's side, yo, I think they're doing everything right. I think they're doing everything right. And there's a conversation about, you know, is the women's game actually pushing the way that it's supposed to? Like, and what makes it so different? And actually, you know what? We're going to talk about that. But I have this special mention. I had one other one, but I don't want to do that anymore. So we're going to talk about this. Um, we're going to go uh, hit up one last ad. You know, I know nobody likes ads, but actually we need it. And the support helps and make sure that we can uh, be able to do the things that we need to be able to do. So. In the meantime, just hang tight, and uh, we will be right back. Before I let you guys get back to it, I want you guys to go check out RugbyOutletMall.com. Yo, this is the place where we are bringing in casual rugby wear. We're trying to set up the designs, make sure that we are giving you something to represent rugby. That's not just a jersey, and that's not just your kit. It is something that you and your friends and your mama and your kids and your parents and your best friend and your wife and your husband and your boyfriend and girlfriend and your they and just make sure that everybody is able to rock some rugby gear without having to necessarily be stuck to any one type of rugby gear. We want it for your day-to-day, everyday life. I know that's redundant, but that's how beautiful we want it to be. You know, definitely check out our most recent update, our rugby swag show shirts uh they're available now for purchase you guys can get it and for any first time buyers I'm talking to you yo i'm giving you guys 20% off the first purchase take as many as you want 20% off the first purchase and of course if you guys will get on the newsletter you guys are going to see more coupons and discounts that come along with that as well too but 20% off and all you guys need to use is coupon code grow rugby that is g-r-e-a-u-x rugby great quality gear definitely something for your present something to be able to give obviously we just got past the year so that means birthdays are coming out valentine's day is just around the corner and you have so much more go hook your family hook your people up with what's right Go to RugbyOutletMall.com and enjoy out. And, of course, it helps support the show and our media endeavors. Let's get you back. Yo, welcome, welcome, welcome back, guys. Uh, look, you know, we're coming on to the end of the show. Special mentions I wanted to be able to talk about, special subject. And it really goes to what I just was asking before. Yo, does it seem like the women's rugby is outpacing the men's? For me, I think there is a clear argument that in the place where women's rugby is right now is it will far uh, uh, surpass what the men's have been able to do at this point. Now, mind you, I don't think it'll be necessarily get to the level where the men's is in terms of its total numbers just because of time. But in terms of what the growth process will be from where it is now to where it will be in 10 years, which is about about the amount of time that you use to be able to measure a sport. I think it will outpace what the men are doing. Now, 
you ask, why is it doing that? All right. Um, because there's been so much stigma on what women's rugby is capable of, how people feel about it. Well, I mean, look, let's let's kind of look at the evidence that's been presented around it with us. Number one, you know, women's rugby has now put in leadership. The World Rugby Council is now far more packed full of women than it ever has been before, which made a huge impact for the game. But more importantly, it's younger women. All right. We're talking about leaders. Uh, I, one of the people that we have, Adam Milby, who's been uh, on the show, uh, she was the first woman to be on the rugby women's count on the World Rugby Council. You're talking about person in their late 30s, early 40s at best, uh, really mid to late 30s. You know, this is a younger mindset. They've been closer to the game, but has experience. Um, and you have a slew of women, Kesha, uh, um, uh, 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 Kesha Downs, uh, and 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 people like that who have been able to make an impact on the game and been able to do things that are current to the time. So it's impacted the way that the women's. Once again, we talk about things like the TikTok sponsorship. I know World Rugby doesn't necessarily directly have uh, um, control on women's six nations, but they are a heavy influence on that. And TikTok being a part of that was a heavy influence. That's part of the reason why Ileona Mar got a huge push um, on social media way back in 2021 um, after the, her initial rise of popularity during the uh, 2021 Olympics, 2020 Olympics, 2021 Olympics itself. Um, of course, then you, you you start to see even the formats of games that are being now recreated, uh, like the WXV tournament, which I think has actually been phenomenal success for what it's worth, for exactly what it's supposed to be, which is ironic because we're also against it for the men's, and it's good reason it's against it for the men's, but for the women's, it made perfect sense. So now you have regular games that people are able to see. You have an understood schedule on a centralized location. Uh, that is able to build out from there. Uh, and then lastly, you know, the decisions that are made and the it, that are made uh, across the individual unions that start from the World Rugby Council. Uh, you've seen far more women being empowered by uh, um, uh, basically girl rugby, um, girl rugby growth programs. Uh, we talk about them in uh, tier two countries like in Africa. We've uh talked about it in the United States itself, um, Africa being like Zimbabwe, Uganda. Um, you've seen the growth of, of it in South Africa. Uh, like they are starting to pace out the women and actually bring them up into the coal. And that goes with good, young, and current leadership that understands the programs. Uh, number two, I don't think the women are, uh, are kind of at the behest of tradition. Um, you know, most of the women's programs really didn't start kicking off until somewhere around the late eight, mid eighties, late eighties. I'm not saying they didn't exist. I'm saying they didn't really start kicking off. And obviously 1991 rugby world cup women's uh, was the first major showcase and that didn't even get filmed, but I think it provided the initial seeds. And since then you, that's whenever your traditions start. So the women aren't at the chokehold of having to be, traditionalists they don't have a purism they don't have uh a rugby way they get to actually create and formulate their own uh traditions that are new and that are appealed and to some extent being so heavily doubted in the past 
has now helped them be able to be stronger and learn how to be able to maneuver <laughs> through the audience to be able to have a greater impact on those uh, future generations of women that are coming through. So you get to be able to make your own rules and not be stuck to this, you know, archaic mindset uh, that outside of uh, the uh, old leadership of the men being a aggravating force. Number three, professionalism. Um, I, I Look, for whatever it's worth, Man, professionalism is working for the European rugby. Um, and the Premiership rugby absolutely is doing its damage. Uh, clearly, the WXV tournament, all three winners were all from Europe, Ireland, Scotland, and England. That is major. That means more, rug more rugby solely done, even if not all the women are getting paid, but they get to do it, at, at, do better day-to-days, which means they get better time to increase their skill, which gives them better chance of being able to showcase the best version of rugby. And England is definitely one of the biggest benefactors. New Zealand has a partial uh, pro system. Australia has a pro system. So it, it's like, well, at least from the international, they're professionals internationally. But they have a professional setup in some way, shape, or form where players can concentrate primarily on this craft. And I think that also starts to impact what you do for the girls that are coming up in the next generation, uh, because I'm not a big believer that you have to be in a rugby culture to be able to be good of rugby. I think you need to be able to be in a situation where people will teach you rugby in the best way that fits to your culture, uh, which I think is lost within the men's side because everybody is looking for the New Zealand replicant, the South African replicant, and from time to time, the English and the English replicant, not really much else from anybody else. Zimbabwe as well. But Zimbabwe is connected often to South Africa. So it gets that that connection. If your coaches aren't from Australia, uh, New Zealand, South Africa, or to some extent England uh, and, and or the UK, let's call it what it is, the UK, then you're underestimated. But those cultures don't necessarily fit to the culture that you're in. So the women aren't getting held to that. And I think you're seeing much more customization, which means the girls that are coming up get to be themselves and be able to play in a style that is formidable for them, which leads to a more entertaining style of rugby uh, that goes along with it. Uh, and number five, I think I'm on number five. Uh, number five, I think ultimately uh, there's just a growth of women's sports that is starting to gain attention we see it a lot in the u.s and there's a strong development and promotion for women's sports i think financially it obviously makes sense simply because of the fact that hey women spend money uh on a greater variety of things statistically than the men's side and of course if you add women into your sports you also get to increase more of the population that's included in your revenue books but Aside from that, the amount of promotion that goes into it, the amount of attention that's going into that is now putting more girls in a position that they don't have to be stigmatized as heavy on playing contact sports at that, let alone any other sports outside of uh, what people would primarily uh, reduce them into doing. So uh, being able to step outside the range, being able to have people that are presented as um, – representations positive representations of those opportunities that they're able to access is setting it up and i think the women's rugby game is going to outpace the men simply because the men's side is restricted it's absolutely restricted 
Uh, it's restricted and also ironically also saturated to some extent. And if you are not able to add more growth or more population into it, that saturation is just going to reach levels that people aren't even going to watch the games because they're like, either I could have played or I got tired of playing or I felt politically like the game was going to hold me back. And so I just don't care anymore. And so they'd stop watching. They don't let the next generation watch because they don't have any consistency at to it. And hence you watch development and reach and financial impetus just drop significantly over and over. So let me know what your guys' thoughts are on this. Um, and I, I, I do want to know that, you know, what what do you figure? Do you think I'm, I'm out of my space? Or do you think that there's actually something to it? Or maybe there's not, and maybe I'm. Just, it's just like everybody's kind of screwed or winning in the same way. They just have to keep it all together in some way, shape, or form. Just my thoughts here. You know, I just like to BS a little bit. <laughs> But, y'all, that is all that we have for you guys for today. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to pay attention Ain't to this. Funny. Watching. Sun's never rise when you're alone. No friends to call. Um, to that effect, you know, that we're able to get this going on the way that it needs to. Um, But, y'all, I want to let you know that you guys, please absolutely check out some of our past episodes of some of our interviews trying to get more of these ones going on it's a little bit tough to be able to pick people that we want to feel that's going to add to the show not just anybody but um i'm we're gonna get there obviously christmas and thanksgiving is coming up so you have a little bit of time to kill and listen if you're not watching games or you're not uh not wanting to feel like hanging out with family in the moment but uh in the meantime yo Definitely check us out on social media. Definitely like and subscribe us to us on YouTube and like and like us uh, and follow us on social media on um, our podcast. But most importantly, though, I hope that you are happy. I hope that you are healthy. And the most significant thing, and I mean this from the depth of my heart, I hope that you are and you know that you are highly favored. Right? You are truly favored people. Until next time, y'all. Cheers. God is watching your sorrow.